Hey, good morning, everybody. It is, uh, what is it? It is Tuesday, 12 October, year of our Lord, 2021, and we are about to get started. Jim Munchback here, personal finance at the University of Houston at the Bauer College of Business. I am hoping that everybody can hear me. I'm admitting all of the students are in the waiting room, and we're about to get started. So, uh, hey, Matthew, can you hear me? Tanya, can you hear me? Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm hoping you can hear me. Can you hear me? Hey, Jacob, can you hear me? Sound test, can you hear me? Yes, awesome. We got the sound fixed last time I... Last time I did this, the class from this studio, we had issues. I have a new iMac here, so making sure everything works. Hope everybody had a good week. Good to be back. I've got. Uh, we're going to talk about insurance today, so we'll give folks a chance to get signed in uh, to the Zoom call. And if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, welcome aboard. Uh, again, it's Tuesday. 12 October, year of our Lord, 2021. We're going to talk about insurance 101 today. Insurance is such a big topic. Hopefully everyone who submitted a uh, who submitted assignments over the last week, it's been graded. I'm sure there are some assignments in the queue for this week that I've not yet gotten to, but I'll get to those hopefully today. I'm sorry about the delay last week. I think I mentioned uh, that I was going to be taking a little trip to Michigan to visit my mom, which I did, my family and my mom, and that was awesome, Lansing, Michigan. The only thing that wasn't so awesome about it is, yes, we flew southwest. So if you saw in the news, something's going on with southwest Southwest Airline. It's like the vaccine mandate got uh, some folks stirred up to protest, and that affected our flight. So that's uh, that's what happened. We ended up getting to drive from Detroit to Houston. So we got in at two o'clock in the morning. And while I was at my mom's house in Michigan, we had no internet. So <laughs> my mom's paying like 200 bucks for internet from Comcast, internet and cable. And uh, she uses her cellular on her phone. She doesn't even, well, my mom, like most grandmas, my mom is, is a great grandma. And she just doesn't know anything about that kind of technology. So when everybody gathers there and tries to fire up their devices, there's just no, no, no speed, no internet, no connectivity. So that's why I couldn't grade. That's my excuse. Um, I could have gone to Starbucks or used my hotspot and tried to get that done, but it was just a pain. So anyway, I got a new modem coming. Well, next time I'm in Michigan, we should be good to go. That's why there was a delay. So for those of you who emailed and texted, I tried to respond back just to let you know that that I was running behind. So that was the deal. Okay, so it's still a few minutes early. Anybody want to tell a story? Share uh, a story about bargaining and negotiating? Uh, I was enjoying reading your, your comments um, and your articles on bargaining and negotiating. You know, again... Uh, bargaining and negotiating if you're afraid of it if it's something that you don't do currently I would encourage you to learn a few of the basic skills that we talked about last week that you shared and practice those practicing the uh, fine art and science of negotiating and bargaining taking the time to do that will make a huge difference in your financial life so that's a that was a fun little assignment I think hopefully it was for you Okay, it's now 10.03. I'm going to just kind of preview what we're going to talk about today as we're waiting a couple of minutes. So if you come late, you won't miss a whole lot here. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook later, um, welcome aboard. Um, so this week, you're going to learn a little bit about insurance. And today, 
I would like to teach you everything you need to know about insurance, but that could be that would be an entire semester. Uh, and there's so much to insurance. It's an important part of this course. It's an important part of personal finance. Um, but unfortunately, there's just way too much information to really do it justice in this course. So what we've done in this, this week's assignment, this week's lesson, uh, is we've tried to just find something to give you a little exposure to insurance and help you, uh, help you learn what, or start to learn really, what you need to learn to become a good consumer of insurance. So um, what I mean by, what, what do you think I mean by being a good consumer of insurance? That's really my goal for today is to help you recognize uh, the need and the opportunity in terms of your personal financial plan um, for looking at insurance as something that you can, uh, you can learn and you can understand and you can become a good consumer of insurance. Um, so the reason that's important is insurance is a big part of everyone's budget. So if you look at all of the things you're going to spend money on throughout your lifetime, insurance in all of its forms will be a very large percentage, a very large category in your budget. And I don't expect that you understand that at this point or really know that. Um, just based on my experience teaching this course, college students uh, typically uh, are on their parents' insurance, their parents' health insurance, their parents' car insurance, and not really typically paying homeowners' insurance. Um, and then there's life insurance. And did I mention health insurance? And then there's things like long-term care insurance. And then if you're a business owner like I am, there's business insurance. And so... Um, there's all kinds of insurance, and we're not even going to touch all of those kinds of insurance today. We're just going to focus on insurance, general, a few general topics, and uh, also I'm going to dive a little deeper into car insurance. Chose car insurance simply because car insurance is something that most of us will have to have and it's a very important coverage, it's very expensive coverage, and so this week your assignment is going to be to get a quote for your car insurance. So if you're if you're driving a car now and you're on your parents policy that's gonna make this assignment super easy for you. Um, let me just start with those of you who do currently drive a car and currently are insured on a policy. Those of you who are not currently insured on a policy, you're still going to do this assignment. You may need to uh, um, team up with a roommate or someone in your family who is insured and help them review their coverages and get a quote for car insurance. So last week, two weeks ago, your assignment was to go out and buy a house and a car and you put those into your financial plan your home and your car so there were some basic assumptions you had to make like how much are you paying for that house how much are you paying for that car well now that you've selected the car and the home now you're gonna go get an insurance quote for that house and for that car now you may not you're not you're not going to turn in the quote for the house uh, but you're going to have to do a little research just to find out what that insurance would cost and that's super easy to do with the car insurance you're going to have to create you're going to do a quote and you'll get typically a PDF uh, printout of that insurance quote from your insurance company so that's what your assignment is going to be this week is to get a car insurance quote so you'll see in this week's assignment we've outlined um, what's involved in a car insurance in an auto policy so you'll be able to see that in your assignment and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of those different elements of your auto insurance um, so again let me just highlight if you don't have car insurance now that's no problem you're going to get a pretend policy you're going to get a quote for the 
the car that you pretended to purchase in your financial plan. So hopefully that's easy enough. If you're currently insured, if you're on your parents' policy or whatever, uh, if you if you're paying for your own policy, I would I would strongly encourage you to get the quote for your car insurance from your current carrier. And the reason I say that is because if you just go out on Google and get a quote for car insurance, which you're certainly welcome to do, get five quotes, get a hundred quotes, you're going to get endless email solicit solicit solicitations, endless email uh, offers. So that's one reason I would encourage you to go ahead and start with the carrier that you have now and as you go through these coverages you're gonna see that there's lots of options lots and lots of options and so I want you to learn what these options are these options are called coverages so in insurance you're basically purchasing a package of insurance that includes a bunch of options and options are coverages. What coverage will you need? So that's one of the things I want you just to start to think about in terms of insurance is coverages. They're options. And when you purchase insurance, you select certain levels of coverage. And so there are different categories uh, of insurance coverage. And so I'm going to talk about those today. But as you go through today, this week's assignment, that's what, you're, that's what you're going to be learning, especially in the context of auto insurance and then home insurance, is what are the different coverages that are included in the policy. So coverages are one thing. Deductibles are another thing. Does anybody know what a deductible, a deductible is in an insurance policy? It's one of the things you're going to um, do a little research on this week. And you certainly, the, the best way to do the research for this week's lesson is to get a quote. That's why it's a, that's why it's your assignment. It's the reason that we made this your assignment for this week, is because the best way to learn about insurance is to go out and get a quote. Now, once you start paying for your own coverage, you will learn quickly. <laughs> and so I want to set the table for you and help you start to learn quickly what you're paying for and what you need and where do you make adjustments so that you get the best bang for your buck. So getting the best bang for your buck in insurance, that's the same as becoming a good consumer of insurance. So I don't know if you know this, but I used to be a state farm insurance agent. I retired in 2015 to go to work on Wall Street. And I have a lot of letters after my name. And those letters are pretty much uh, related to insurance. CPCU, which is Chartered Property Casualty Underwriter. It's a, probably one of the most difficult designations you can get in the insurance arena. It allows me to be a, an adjuster, a claims adjuster in any category, in any state, without having to take any additional tests to work as an adjuster, an independent adjuster. And I do that still. I keep my adjusting license. I make a lot of money doing that when I go to work when there are catastrophes like hurricanes so or fires or earthquakes. Those are all perils. And that's another thing that you'll want to understand. So you have coverages, you have deductibles, you have perils. A peril is what's covered on an insurance policy. So we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through some of the coverages in an auto policy. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through the coverages in a homeowner's policy. So again, warning, there's no way we're going to get through all of the important topics and categories and elements of insurance in one lesson. The hope here is just to help kind of tickle your appetite to understand that insurance really isn't complicated. Well, it is complicated, but it's way less complicated if you approach it with a basic idea framework of what you uh, need to you know, consider as you're getting your quotes. So I just want you to know you don't need to know everything about insurance uh, in the next couple of weeks. You're going to do a very simple assignment. You're going to get an, a quote for your car insurance. And in that quote, every 
coverage that is available in a car insurance policy will be one of the opportunities for you to make a choice. Do I need this much coverage or the, do I need the maximum, the minimum, or something in the middle? And I'll just tell you, most of the time, the best bang for the buck is something in the middle. So on the other hand, don't forget, if you go to the movies and you buy a small, medium, or large popcorn, which one would you say is the best value, the best bang for the buck? The small popcorn? the medium popcorn or Marco you're right the large it's like it's crazy for small additional amount of money you get a whole lot more popcorn so especially if you're on a date sharing a large popcorn makes a lot more sense and the same is true in several areas of life insurance I mean insurance in general specifically life insurance now we're not going to talk about life insurance today too much except that I want to just plant the seed and say that at some point you're going to need life insurance and Typically, what I recommend for young people is a term life insurance policy because the cost is low. A term means it's a specific amount of time. So you can get a 10-year term, 20-year term, 30-year term, and you can get a coverage amount of, say, 250000 or 500000 and when you're buying that type of policy, what I typically suggest is get the longest term possible. If you're healthy and you're young, it's going to be very inexpensive. And then you want to get, you know, you want to get some quotes, but remember the large popcorn idea. Because especially with life insurance, typically you can buy more coverage for a little bit amount of money. So that's one of the basic ideas or concepts I just want you to think about is don't forget to get quotes for larger amounts just to see what the cost is. And when you see the cost comparison, you will be able to make a decision. Do I need the maximum, the minimum, or somewhere in the middle? Usually somewhere in the middle is the best bang for the buck. But sometimes you can, you'll find that you can get a lot more coverage for a little bit more money. And then we come down to what is the probability? What is the probability that you're going to need that specific coverage? So what do I mean by what is the probability? Um, so I'm looking at a picture of a burnt out car that's a the picture that I chose for the featured image in today's post and today and it's on the website um, I don't know about you but I've never had a car burn like this this is a burnt out car you've seen them along the highway but it's not f totally frequently that it happens um, so uh, anyway this this car that would be an insurance claim and I want to cover I want to talk about kind of what coverages would uh, be involved if your car looked like this car so any ideas what this is a burnt-out car what do you think happened for this car to go from showroom condition sitting in your driveway to this any ideas what happened to that car go ahead and speak up now harsh you're right that's how they get you they make the price of the medium just a bit lower than the large and then when you have a claim all they have to pay is the lower amount and so it's a it's 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 smart to be a good consumer it's smart to do some research on your insurance whatever insurance we're talking about whatever insurance you're needing you want to do a little research and the best way to do the research is get quotes starting with your own company and then you might want to check with another company or two that's how you're going to find out what the best deal is so anybody have any idea chime in leave a comment how did this car get in this condition it's burnt out so I'll give you one idea when I used to be a master mechanic and one day I was doing a tune-up and in the tune-up one of the things you do is replace the uh, fuel filter and it kind of there was a metal tube that went into the carburetor and you take it off and you pull out the filter you put a new filter in and then you reattach the metal tube into the carburetor and that's part of the tune-up 
Well, in this particular car, somewhere along the line, someone had cut the metal tube down under the engine near the starter. <laughs> they'd cut the metal tube and they just attached a rubber hose, but they didn't attach it very well, and it certainly was a, a terrible way to... I'm not sure what they were doing, why they did that. I think probably because it's kind of a pain to get that metal tube out and back in because it's really stiff and rigid. So somebody put rubber. So when I did the tune-up on this vehicle and I put this new filter in the carburetor, somehow down below it came unattached. So now when I started the vehicle up to test drive it, there was fuel streaming out of this hose and it was somewhere near an, an ignition point I'm not sure where but when I started the vehicle it cranked up and it started and my tune-up was just perfect at that point because it was running great but all of a sudden I saw lots of smoke I looked under the car and it was a flame and the flame just was getting bigger and bigger and bigger it was like a huge flame because this was gasoline being pumped onto an open fire <laughs> yeah so that's that could be what happened in this vehicle it could be that a fuel line somewhere ruptured or broke or came loose or whatever or some mechanic had fixed it at some point and didn't know what they were doing and boom you have a, a reason for a fire so fires are not really that common uh, in cars but uh, they do happen, and that's what it looks like. Another scenario. Anybody else have a scenario? I don't see any. Uh, let's see if I got any chat in, if you've got any idea. Hybrid cars are notorious for catching fire. I didn't know that, Marco. I don't have a hybrid car yet. But, the yeah, that makes sense. The huge battery. Fuel system issue, Fernanda says. Cause of the fire could have been because of electrical failure. Yep. Uh, anyone else? There's another... Um, kind of another scenario that I think this car could have been burnt. Um, so a, no, a big coverage in auto car insurance, one of the coverages is comprehensive. And comprehensive covers many perils. So you start with a coverage, you purchase that coverage, and each coverage has certain perils that are covered. We're going to talk about that now. And I think what happened to this car is it got stolen. And then they wanted to uh, get rid of the evidence. So they poured gasoline and lit it. Maybe I watched too many movies. I don't know. But that's my assumption, that this car was involved in a theft. And after the theft, they wanted to get rid of the evidence. They used the car in some major crimes, I'm sure. So just a thought. But let's talk about coverages. So does anybody know? Does anybody want to tell me, chime in, and tell me what coverages you currently have on your car insurance coverages what is a coverage what coverages do you have so let's let's take a minute liability yes liability marco big coverage do you know how much coverage you have for liability marco on your car i'm assuming you have car insurance um, how much coverage do you have liability by the way, when you look at a car insurance policy or a home insurance policy, you're going to find that in each of those packages, home, homeowner's policy, car, auto policy, in each of those packages, you have Section 1 and Section 2. Section 1 is the section for liability. Section 2, or maybe it's the other way around, I can't remember now. Um, maybe I think it's section two is liability but there's sectioned out so you have liability protection and section in one of the sections and then you have the property coverage and the coverages there are multiple coverages in the property section and so what we're talking about now is car insurance and we're talking about section two which is property uh, let me see if if it's in our notes I can't remember now if if section one is yeah so uh, it's it's one of the sections I'm sorry section one coverages is property so yeah it's section section one is property this is a homeowner's policy but I'm assuming it's the same in car I should know that 
I told you I was really smart about insurance. I know more about insurance than most people. I've forgotten more about insurance than most people know, which this is a good example of that. I should remember which section liability is in. So this is, uh, this is part of your homework assignment. And uh, liability insurance comes... So does anybody know what liability coverage is, covers? And nobody's, t nobody's chiming in and, and naming any other coverages. So um, I've got some coverages here. These are Section 2 coverages. Lib well, they're not really in section, but you've got liability. Here's a liability coverage. 100, 500, 100. So does anybody want to take a guess at what that means? Marco, do you have any idea what... Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't tell me what coverage you have, so you have no clue what that is? Okay, fine. Cool. Well, liability is very important. Let me tell you what it is first. First of all, liability is what protects you uh, from having to pay for damages to someone else when the accident is your fault. Okay, let me repeat that. Liability protects you from having to pay for damages to someone else. So that's what liability is. It's required by law that you have liability insurance. So if you get in an accident that's your fault, it's your liability coverage that's going to kick in. And that's important. So it's important what coverages you have on your liability. Think about it like this. So this is 100, 500, 100. This is not the maximum. This is not the minimum. You're going to have to figure out when you do your quotes, that's part of your assignment, to figure out what is the maximum or the minimum in Texas. And what's the maximum? That's easy enough to find out. But this is something kind of in the middle. This is maybe higher middle but this is a good this is a good coverage uh, 100 500 100 those three numbers so the first number 100 is the liability protection that you have for any one person so it's bodily injury for one person $100,000 uh, the next number, 500000 is the maximum that your policy would pay in aggregate for per bodily injury for anyone. And then the third number, the 100, is liability for property damage, which means that's how much your policy would pay if you have an accident that's your fault and you do damage to property up to $100,000. So that may seem like a huge amount of money. I mean, how many cars out there cost $100,000? I'm thinking of one car that their company headquarters will be moving from San Francisco to Austin, and they're pretty cool cars, and they are electric, and they are over a hundred grand for the the cool ones. They have some cheap ones, cheaper ones, but um, so Tesla is. My friend has a Tesla and it costs over 100 grand. Porsches, yeah, Porsches. Uh, there's there's a lot of vehicles out there that cost 100 grand. So think about that last number for just a minute. Liability protection for you to pay for the damage that you cause in an accident if it's your fault for property of other people. 100,000 may seem like a lot, but is it really a lot when we all know of cars that cost 100 grand? And what if you get in an accident? Um, I, I think I mentioned earlier I got stuck in Detroit flying southwest, didn't get, they just canceled our nonstop flight Sunday morning. So we ended up driving home all all day. We got home at 2 in the morning. And so we drove and drove and drove. Can you imagine how many trucks were out there? Even though there, there are less trucks on the road today because of COVID. But imagine if you get in an accident. Like we were driving all night, get tired, fall asleep, get in an accident and cause a truck to roll over. How much do you think a truck, an 18-wheeler, filled with cargo might cost. You think a hundred grand would go very far if you caused the accident? And let's say that that truck rolled over and caused damage to two other vehicles. So that hundred thousand doesn't look like a huge amount right now, does it? The reason I'm saying all this is because at some point you're going to start making some money, you're going to have a decent job, you're going to have assets to protect. Assets to protect is the main reason we have insurance. It's 
asset protection. You're transferring the risk to the insurance company by paying a premium. That's what insurance is. It's transferring risk. So in this scenario, you're transferring the risk that you cause an accident, property damage, that last number, the 100,000, 100,000 for property damage, that seems like a lot. But if you get in an accident with that 18-wheeler, you could end up having a much higher bill than your insurance would cover. In that scenario, what would happen? What would happen if you got in an accident and your liability insurance was not sufficient to pay the damage that you caused in the accident? What would happen? What would happen to you? If, they, if you didn't have the money in your checking account, what, could they sue you? What, how would they get the money? They would get the money by suing you and you would your insurance company would pay the hundred thousand and then you would be on the hook for the rest so let's say that that 18 wheeler and all of its cargo that got damaged as a result of you falling asleep behind the wheel or me falling asleep behind the wheel let's say that that was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and your insurance paid a hundred so your insurance pays a hundred thousand but you're still on the hook for hundred and fifty thousand but you don't have any money so how are they going to get their money? Well, let's just say that at that time you're 30 years old and you're making a hundred grand at your job and you're doing fine, but all of a sudden now they're going to garnish your wages until you pay off that hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that's that's what you're protecting yourself against when you purchase liability insurance. And the same is true uh, with a business. The same is true on your homeowner's policy. So let's say you bought a house and now it's not a car accident, but something happens on your property. Let's just say that you have this defect in your property and I come over to your house and I slip and fall because you have this hole that you're digging because you want to install, I don't know, make something up. The point is I get hurt on your property because of something that you should have fixed and my injury leaves me paralyzed or maybe even dead and so you get sued and your homeowners policy may have a hundred thousand dollars liability protection here's where we get into that large popcorn thing again so on your homeowners policy you can increase your liability to three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand for just a few bucks a year but if you don't know that if you're not thinking about that your insurance agent or your insurance company will be like no you just need the minimum this is what comes with the package no problem so just be thinking about that you can add liability coverage on your homeowners policy just like you can on your auto policy and your homeowners policy the liability protection on your homeowner's policy is really important because your car insurance liability is only going to pay if you get in an accident that's your fault but if it's not a car accident what if you're let's say you're like me a hunter and you have guns I know that may not be politically correct but I have guns and I take my guns to the firing range at shooting range. I take them when I go camping. And let's say I'm out in the woods and I'm doing a little target practice and I don't realize that, you know, I'm right on the edge of a farm and the farmer's on the other side and one of my bullets hits the farm farmer and kills him. My liability on my homeowner's policy is going to protect me for that. So maybe that farmer they, I get sued and that farmer wants a million dollars, his family, his estate, and I only have a hundred thousand dollars on my homeowner's policy. I'm on the hook for nine hundred thousand dollars. Now to fix that problem there's another policy called, I call it a PLUP, P-L-U-P. It stands for Personal Liability Umbrella Policy. And so when we talk about liability it's a very important topic one of the things you can do as you start to grow your assets and one of the things that wealthy people do and people that uh, want to do good financial planning we recommend an umbrella policy 
So it's a million, typically, it starts at a million dollars excess coverage. It goes above, over and above your homeowner's policy and your auto policy. And so in that scenario where I'm shooting my 30-06 rifle, doing some target practice, and I end up killing someone, in that scenario, I would have uh, a hundred thousand I would have a million dollars coverage if I had an umbrella policy over and above my homeowners so if I had a half a million dollars on my homeowners policy and a million dollars umbrella that would give me 1.5 million total and that would pay the claim for the farmer who sues me for a million dollars so hopefully that makes sense so we've covered liability on the auto a little bit we've talked about the property damage that's what these three numbers are on an auto policy. The third one is property damage. The first one is bodily injury for one person's injuries. The middle one, 500,000, is the aggregate. So let's say that you get in an accident, it's your fault, and it's a school bus or a shuttle bus, and there are multiple people involved, and they all go to the hospital. And let's say that there are 10 people, and out of those 10 people, two of them have $100,000 injuries, and then the other eight people have 50000 So that's $600,000, right? 50000 times eight would be um, 400000 100000 thanks, Marco, I appreciate that. You're following the math with me, aren't you? So that's six hundred grand, right? 200 100 grand for two people and then 50 grand for eight people that's 600 grand where am i going to be in my policy with 100 500 100 i'm going to be short 100 grand because my policy is only going to pay $500,000 total and then you get into the whole situation of okay who are we not going to pay right Two people had $100,000 losses, and eight people had $50,000 losses. So your insurance company is going to have to adjust all of that, and they're probably going to prorate everybody's claims. That would depend on how they handle the claim. But the point is, I would not have enough coverage. Now, I'm giving you examples that are a little bit extreme, just so that you can understand what these coverages mean. The 100, 500, 100, that's a good level of coverage. And I would typically, as, a, as a, an advisor, I would be pretty comfortable with most clients saying that's sufficient. But once you start to have savings, like remember, our goal for this course is for you to become a millionaire by the time you're 50. So let's say you make that goal, you're 50 years old and you have a net worth of a million dollars. Your house is paid for, you got a million dollars in investment accounts, and you've, you've got this coverage. I would say you need an umbrella. As long as you have an umbrella, you're going to be fine. That's going to pay a million dollars over and above, and so you would be you would be fine uh, in most scenarios. I could tell you stories about claims that I've handled where a million dollars was nowhere near enough, but the statistical chance of you having a liability claim that exceeds a million dollars is very low. Frankly, it's pretty low that you would exceed these coverage amounts. But nonetheless, it's about your assets, the assets that you want to protect. And again, don't forget about the large popcorn. Because the truth is, when you buy an umbrella policy, a personal liability umbrella policy for a million dollars, that policy is dirt cheap. Like, yet generally, you can get it for a couple hundred bucks a year. And so, if you have assets to protect, it's a good call. So that's liability insurance. It's an important part of insurance. We didn't talk about business insurance, but business insurance involves, includes liability insurance as well. If you manufacture property or manufacture um, things, then you have to have a different kind of liability protection to protect the public against injuries related to whatever it is you manufacture. So that's liability. All right, the rest of your auto, let's talk about um, 
a couple of other coverages and I'm gonna run out of time before I even get through all of this a couple of coverages you're gonna to want to pay close attention to when you do your quote is uninsured and underinsured you're gonna find that these coverages are pretty expensive uninsured and underinsured coverage are expensive and here's why if you drive in Houston there are a lot of people who drive with no insurance why would anybody drive with no insurance think about it why would anybody drive with no insurance there's a reason for that maybe you've done it maybe you have actually driven without having insurance there's really one reason why maybe two or three the third one would be maybe you just forgot the the second most important or most popular one would be it's too expensive um, yep Marco you got it too expensive but another one is some people just don't qualify for insurance because they've had too many accidents or a DUI or two DUIs and yet they still want to drive imagine that and those people are driving and that's why you would want to consider and I would say not just consider but you would want to purchase uninsured and underinsured and yes those coverages are expensive because those coverages are the most commonly used coverages so think about that if the statistical chance of you needing the coverage is higher then the cost typically will be higher and that's how it works here so then we have some other coverages I'll just mention rental I had to rent a vehicle uh, to get home from Detroit rental coverage it doesn't cover renting a vehicle just for a trip it covers renting a vehicle if your vehicle is damaged because of a covered peril we're going to talk about perils in a minute or now but rental coverage costs a few bucks if you've got three cars you probably don't need rental coverage but if you have one car and you get in an accident you're going to want to have rental coverage to replace your car while your cars being repaired that's rental so that's going to be part of your assignment to check out the cost of rental insurance so there's several other things emergency road service it's like dirt cheap I have a, a motorhome and my motorhome insurance does not include emergency road service bummer obviously it would be very expensive for that personal injury protection you're gonna do a little research and understand what that coverage is and how it works medical payments coverage is another coverage um, so let's talk about perils first we got to talk about deductibles so when we talk about um, collision and comprehensive uh, and when you know the same is true for homeowners insurance if you have a fire on your home you're gonna have a deductible if you have an accident on your car before the insurance company pays to repair they're gonna apply a deductible so what is a deductible it's important you're gonna you're gonna have a little quiz this week so you need to know what a deductible is very simply a deductible is the amount that the insurance company deducts before they make you a payment the amount the insurance company deducts from your claim before they make you a payment so let's say you have a thousand dollar deductible and you get in an accident in your car you're backing out of your driveway and you forget that you have a Ford F-150 back there and it belongs to your cousin George and he spent the night and you forgot and you backed out and you ran right into his F-150 and you destroyed the rear quarter panel of your BMW you got to get it repaired and the cost is six thousand dollars to repair your BMW that you wrecked backing into cousin George's F-150 by the way George's F-150 had zero damage it's built for tough and it didn't even get a scratch but it annihilated your right rear quarter panel on your BMW six grand to fix it you have a one thousand dollar deductible for collision how much is your insurance company gonna pay to repair your Beamer and how much are you going to pay how much of this risk did you retain through the deductible and how much of this risk did you transfer to the insurance company 
So this is where risk management comes into play. This is where your choices come into play. So 5K, yes, that's what, that's what the insurance company is going to pay out of the six grand to repair your Beamer because you have a $1,000 deductible. Thank you, Marco. I think, Marco, you're going to get the extra points for being the most active student this week. Thank you very much. If you're on Facebook, I hope you're adding some comments in YouTube. I'm not checking those at the moment, but I'll see them. So thank you very much, Marco. I appreciate it. It's better than being alone. <clears throat> You're the only face I see, too. Everybody else has their face muted. So I'm loving you, bro. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's how deductibles work. And it's true whether we're talking about car insurance or home insurance. It works the same. Now, here's the next question. Why would you have a $1,000 deductible when one of the options could be you could have a, let's say you could have a $100 deductible instead of a $1,000 deductible? Why would you choose a $1,000 deductible instead of a $100 deductible? Do you know the answer to that? anyone it's pretty 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 obvious this is one of the things you're gonna to have to know to pass your quiz so think about it it's pretty obvious right if you retain more of the risk you're gonna you're gonna have a higher premium a higher cost well if you retain more of the risk you're gonna have a lower cost if you take a lower deductible that means you're transferring more of the risk and therefore you're gonna pay a higher premium the lower deductible means a higher premium. A higher deductible means a lower premium. The cost goes down. But again, don't forget the large popcorn because it works in reverse sometimes. So you have to do a quote to see how much are you really saving if you get a $1,000 deductible versus a $500 deductible. What's the best bang for the buck? And you sometimes have to pay close attention and get some multiple quotes to see what that number is. So don't just assume that because you're going to pay this much for a 250 deductible, that if you raise it to $1,000, you're going to cut it in half or whatever. Just get a quote, and then you'll know. So that's right. Thank you, Tanya and Helen. I appreciate that. And Mercy, thank you all so much for chiming in and letting me know you're there. So let's talk about perils. Perils, perils. What's a peril? Google the word peril, P-E-R-I-L. So when you talk about perils, do we have a list of perils in today's? I don't think we do have a list of perils. I should add a list of perils. I think in your um, money study group, you're going to see some perils. Uh, and I know that it's in your quiz, some perils. So what's a peril? Collision is a peril. So let's talk about, as we wrap up, I'm going to try and highlight the difference between collision and comprehensive. So uh, collision and comprehensive, two important coverages on your auto policy. Uh, so when we talk about collision coverage, what do you think the peril is that's involved with collision? It's pretty self-evident. It's collision. You collide. You run into something. That's the peril. So for collision, that coverage involves one peril. And in that coverage, there are also some exclusions, which is very common in insurance. Exclusions are what help to guide the policy and, and determine the cost. Because perils and exclusions, what's covered, what's not covered, that's what determines the cost of the policy. So statistically they do a lot of um, research to figure out how often, how frequent, and how much this will cost. So how many times will we have this particular claim based on this particular peril and how many times do we have claims and how much or what is the severity of those claims. So that insurance companies do tons and tons of research and that's what determines the cost. And where you live is a big factor. We live in Houston. <clears throat> the cost of accidents in Houston is pretty high. The frequency is pretty high. <clears throat> Excuse me. So all of those things go into the pricing of the policy. But with collision, the peril is collision. You run into something. Um, and then we get into exclusions. What do you think uh, 
So let's talk about comprehensive. Collision and comprehensive. Collision is really simple. It covers collision. And that's pretty much it. Comprehensive. What does the word comprehensive mean? Anybody have any idea? You can Google it and just punch Google it and punch in the definition of comprehensive. It's it's yeah, mercy, it's everything. It's very broad. It's it's everything. Comprehensive. So do you think comprehensive insurance on your car really covers everything? Could that possibly be or is that too good to be true? Comprehensive. It is a coverage on your car policy. And that's what the word means is everything. It's a it's a great coverage to have. It's my favorite coverage of all policies. Comprehensive coverage on an auto policy is the best policy there is because I'll tell you, I would like to tell you some stories, but I'm not going to have enough time to tell you too many stories. I'll tell you a couple. But first, before I tell you a story, what do you think? What do you think if you were writing an insurance policy and you were the insurance company and you had this coverage called comprehensive and it covered everything, what do you think you would want to exclude under that coverage? What exclusion would be number one if you provided comprehensive coverage on your policy and you were the insurance company what would you exclude what would be the one thing you would say is not covered under everything anybody have a guess we've talked about it that's a clue we've already talked about one of the major perils in driving a car and that would be one of the major exclusions under comprehensive because obviously if you were covered for this particular peril under comprehensive then you wouldn't need to buy the other coverage so that's clue number two not life insurance no nope, that's not it um, think about it for a second you have different coverages on your car insurance and we've already talked about two major ones collision and comprehensive Comprehensive covers everything. What does collision cover? Collisions. So what do you think would be excluded under comprehensive? Collision. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. I see those answers. And the reason is simple because collision isn't a very expensive uh, thing. It's a very expensive peril. It's a high frequency peril. It's a very expensive coverage. And so obviously that's not covered. There are a lot of other things that are also excluded and you can check those in your policy. Things like inherent vice, uh, basically like rust, rot, mold, things that occur over time are never covered or never intended to be covered under any insurance contract because insurance covers things that are sudden and accidental and, co and collision or comprehensive I'm sorry comprehensive coverage is that it covers anything that's sudden and accidental unless it's excluded so I'm going to tell you a story uh, <clears throat> my friend Vance we call him Vinny he helped me move to Houston in 1989 he had a brand new Suburban we're driving we're driving right into Houston doing about 70 miles an hour and uh, Vinny is driving his new Suburban and my little boy Brandon said he had to go to the bathroom so we pulled off to go to the bathroom that's just part of the story so I have to tell you that sorry if it's too much information but we go to use the restroom we go to a circle K I think and we get a big gulp now I don't know if they still have big gulps but it's just a big drink and Vinny gets himself a big Diet Coke and he puts it in the console and we're back on the highway doing 70 miles an hour Vinny reaches for his big gulp and he bumps the shifter it was in the it was in the uh, console right on kinda down there by the big gulp and when he reaches for the big gulp he bumps it into reverse so his new Suburban is rolling down the highway at 70 miles an hour and it goes into reverse. What do you think happens to the vehicle? The transmission does something weird. It starts to smoke, it stops working, it gets fried, it's pretty much wasted. So I was a master mechanic at the time and Vinny calls me up and he says, hey, I took it to the dealer. The dealer wants $2,500 to replace the transmission. Now, at the time, I was a trainee. Vinny is the guy that got me a job 
at State Farm. I was a master mechanic and I decided I wanted to change careers so I went to work at State Farm as a claims adjuster because my friend Vance was a superintendent at State Farm and he got me, he told me who to call, I got a job. So now I'm in training. Now he's like way up in the claims department. I'm just an, barely in, in the company as a trainee. But I was learning about insurance and I was learning about comprehensive. And I knew from my training that comprehensive covers what? Everything. Unless what? It's excluded. So use that logic. Comprehensive covers everything. Is bumping your vehicle into reverse while you're driving down the road, is that excluded? Is it sudden? Is it accidental? Yes, yes. And so it's not excluded. So I said to Vinny, you should file a claim. They'll pay for that. You'll have a 50, he had a $50 deductible on his comprehensive. He's like, there's no way they're going to pay for that. Don't, don't be an idiot. He's like, you're just a youngster. <laughs> you're just barely new in this business. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, it's covered. And so he wanted to know, is this a good price? Should I pay it? Should I get another quote? Should I take it somewhere else? I'm like, yeah, the dealer's always going to be the most expensive, but that's beside the point. File a claim. So he takes my word for it. He calls his agent. He files a claim. He tells him what happens. And lo and behold, they paid the claim because comprehensive covers everything unless it's excluded. Story number two, and then I'll wrap things up. My wife, I'm working Hurricane uh, Andrew in Florida. So I'm a new adjuster. They sent me away on storm duty, and I'm away from home for six weeks right after Hurricane Andrew hits. My wife, we have three kids, a new baby, two kids and a new baby. So three kids. And we have Little League Baseball uh, right up the street here in Friendswood. And my wife takes my boys to baseball practice or a game I guess but they stop for donuts while they're at the donut shop they come out of the donut shop and the minivan won't start well this nice man sitting next to them in a welding truck offers to help her by jumping the vehicle jumping with jumper cables so he takes jumper cables and connects them to her battery on the other end of those jumper cables was a welding truck with like 27 million volts I don't even know how many volts it was, but it was more than 12, which is what our vehicle was, a 12-volt vehicle. So when he connects those jumper cables, smoke starts coming out from the dash, and yeah, now she turns the key and not even the lights don't even come on. So the nice man with the welding truck tells her to have a nice day, and he drives off. And now she sits there stranded, and she calls me, and she tells me this story, and I'm like this is actually good because we have rental coverage and you know anything that was broken is going to be brand new now so we filed a claim and again the reason that was covered is because comprehensive covers everything and welding truck attaching itself to your battery and frying everything it's sudden it's accidental and it's not excluded. So therefore, I'm assuming it's got to be covered. I call my agent, I file a claim, and sure enough, they said, never heard of that before, but I guess it's covered because there's no reason we can exclude it. So they paid the claim. We got to rent a vehicle for the entire time it was in the shop. All of the wiring in the entire vehicle had to be replaced. The stereo system had to be replaced. And by the way, I had an opportunity to upgrade, which I did. Had to pay the difference, but it worked out really well. So here's my point. There's no way I can cover everything that needs to be covered in insurance in this lesson. And I, I know that. But all these stories and all these coverages and, all, and the things that I'm teaching you or telling you about today, they apply across the board in insurance. If you understand the coverages and you use good logic, when you start to get your quote, what you want to do is just make sure you understand what's covered. And the more you understand what's covered and how the coverage works, the more informed you will be, the better consumer of insurance you will be. The 
the more you'll be able to uh, use insurance as a way to enhance your personal financial plan. And that's what insurance is about. It's transferring risk. It's very expensive. But the more you know, the better you'll be in terms of being a consumer of insurance. It's an expensive part of your budget. And I want to encourage you. It's not that difficult if you just look at coverage by coverage. And again, I'm always available if down the road you have uh, you know, you're shopping for insurance and you just want an honest second opinion, just reach out to me. I'm happy to do a quick Zoom call, look at your coverage and tell you what you have and tell you some things you might want to consider based on my inside knowledge of insurance. So it's 1058. I've taken plenty of your time today. I want to thank you. Uh, I will post today's assignment. Good luck on your insurance quote. Remember, start with your own company. Don't go out to Google and if you can avoid it because you'll be getting emails forever offering you insurance. So good luck with that. I'll see you next week uh, as we jump into Investing 101. The most popular topic in the course is investing. We're going to go over four investment strategies next week. But I'm going to start by talking about asset classes and set the table with some basic information that you need to know to learn to be a good investor. And I'm going to really highlight the four investment strategies that can help you maximize return and minimize risk. Quickly, those four strategies. Diversification, dollar cost averaging, asset allocation, and portfolio rebalancing. Again, diversification asset allocation, dollar cost averaging, and portfolio rebalancing. Four investment strategies that especially at your age over the course of your investing career will help you maximize returns while minimizing risk. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. It's the most popular topic of the course. So we may spend two weeks on investments. We can only spend one week on insurance in order to spend two weeks on investments. But uh, that's what we're going to do. It's, it's, it's kind of where the rubber meets the road in your financial planning. So I hope you'll be here. I hope you'll be ready to listen and uh, have a great week. I'll sit here and if anybody has any uh, questions, I'll be happy to answer them before I end it. Otherwise, I'm going to end it 10, 9, 8, 7. Thank you, guys. Thank you, too. Have a great week. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to go over here now and I'm going to finish the broadcast.